I have a book coming out in June called Popgun War Chain Letter, which is a sequel to a book I did a long time ago called Popgun War Gift. I did a book called The Wrenchies, came out in 2014, and uh, some other books. It will all hurt. And, yeah. My name is Evan Dom. I've been doing like fantasy adventure web comics, uh, Rice Boy, Order of Tales, and Batu for several years. And I'm doing a book for First Second called Island Book uh, for the next couple of years. And all my stuff is sort of weird creatures in invented settings. I'm Kel McDonald, and I used to do a web comic called Sorcery 101 about an ex-sorcerer and
stories that focused on women that were adventure stories were kind of like the nice girl who's also smart and really competent and good at everything and I but all the characters I'm usually attracted to as male characters are like the guy who's an asshole who's incompetent and snarky and like house is that sort of character like um and I never really see, like, we don't see, like, female Don Drapers or female Dr. House, or, so I was trying to make a fantasy series where it was just, like, women in that role of kind of the unlikable protagonist who then becomes likable as you get to know them. Um, and so just, it's usually I look for what I wish was in urban fantasy more and kind of try to fill those holes. Cool. Um, I guess I work most more in the epic fantasy tradition than, than any. Um, fantasy generally I'm drawn to because I like being able to build an entire visual context for every element of the story. Like the idea that the idea that I should be doing comics in a world that is uh, immediately recognizable and with people that look like human beings is ridiculous to me now. Um, but an epic fantasy as a sort of uh, approach helps me engage with like you know enormous mythic ideas and cultural ideas in a way that's sort of loose and huge and um, not totally accountable. Like it allows me to. Um, this is all sort of in retrospect. I wasn't thinking about this as I approach any particular project, but it uh, it allows me to approach big sort of anthropological ideas in a way where I'm not really like held accountable for any of the specifics about what I'm saying, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, a, it's just a sort of iconic context. I like using uh, fantasy and science fiction as sort of like, um, I don't know, like a gateway into like telling these like personal stories. Like I just, um, there's like a lot of like, uh, a lot of my work I just, I try to like convey some kind of like atmosphere or mood or, um, I don't know. I guess like kind of what I'm trying to get at is like uh, like sort of like poetry in comics, but but without realizing you're reading poetry. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't know. For me, it's like science fiction, and fantasy is like the kind of stuff that like I'm attracted to. So it, it's kind of like just my way of like making it fun to read. I guess for like I guess the person that is reading it, like I want them to like, enjoy reading this like story that it would probably be like a drag, I feel like, if, if it what didn't have this kind of like fantastic element to it. Mm -hmm. What do I Story driven or like world driven or character driven with your with your work? Uh, 
Concepts that pop up in a lot of YA fantasy mm-hmm. stuff, so I wanted to pull that apart, and so that one's going to be more about the plot and the world than the characters specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I kind of jump between them too. I, uh, I have a real preoccupation with like making immersive spaces, and I've approached that in, in, in ways where, in like the you know literalistic world building way, where you make all the details of the space. And I've approached it in the atmospheric, like the feeling is more important than the details way. The thing I'm doing now for um, the island book is the thing that I'm working on that's taking up most of my life right now. And it's more about, uh, it's like an idea driven thing, I think, uh, more than anything. Like everything, I was reading a lot of Carl Jung and weird stuff like that. And um, I see the setting of that book as being basically just a way of dealing with ideas that I want to talk about in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the two, and one of them wasn't one of the options. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of hard for me to yeah, uh, say exactly, you know, one over the other, but um, like all my stories take place in the same world. I mean, that's the way I think about it anyway. Uh, but I don't, you know, like when I, I guess people say world building, yeah, I'm thinking like, oh, it's like hard sci-fi or like you have to like, figure out a reason like why everything works or doesn't work within that you know world like make it believable and I kind of don't really think about that stuff um it's just uh I just yeah like this kind of like environment this just sort of feel like a dream I guess like most of my stuff I want to feel like a dream but I guess if I had to you know say one thing it's like maybe character driven because um I have a hard time sometimes too like when I'm creating a comic to like separate like writing from art and I um I get like really attached to the characters that I create (laughs) where I start to kind of like believe like they're real or something you know or it's like I have like actual like emotional responses from like 
things that I'm having them do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's an answer really. But <laughs> it is, definitely. Um, do you set limits for yourself, um, maybe in regards to like genre, to keep yourself like, I personally dabble in like sci- sci-fi fantasy, it blends for me, um, but is there limits that you think are important to like genre-wise for you and your work to adhere to? Oh, I think I know what you mean. Um, I I try really hard to separate myself from any sort of like uh, external l- limits, like any any received limit of like the genre that I'm working in. Uh, I have to believe in myself, you know. Like there, there's all sorts of things that fantasy doesn't do that I'm interested in doing, and mm-hmm. if it's that, like I, I have to ignore that. But um, but definitely, as I like go through a story, I'll develop. The uh, sort of the logic, the, the the visual and narrative logic of the setting and the story, and that and that implies certain rules that I can't break. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rare that I'm aware of what that is when I start, but but yeah, and I think that's like that's like the essential world building question. That's right. sort of the, the frame that I think of world building at least. Yeah. yeah, and this is, and we can get into this too, but also world building, like how. How deep do you personally go in your in your stories to build the world? Like I know there's like this one, uh, I think writing professor and he's like you should know your character's phone number, like you should know like, your driver, <laughs> driver's license number, you know something like Sounds really like a lot of work. intense, yeah. <laughs> Which I I'm not a fan of that, but what is your opinion on that? I I think again it depends on the story. So like Misfits takes place in our world, and all I had to figure out is how thermal magic powers and magical girl powers worked and that was it, everything else is the same as our world. But um, then for other stuff, like I have a few short stories that are in a futuristic city and that I put a lot more planning into like the way the city is designed and works because um, sometimes figuring out those designs since that's supposed to just be a bunch of short stories, like the limit I set is that it's not allowed to go over 80 pages. And so figuring out that world building stuff will sometimes give me an idea for the next like short story in the series. Uh, so it's more of that's why I'm figuring it out because mm-hmm. then maybe I can pull something out of it later, but right. it's less strictly adhering to stuff. Gotcha. Personally, for me, uh, I'm sorry, the question was how detailed it goes, right? Yeah, just your technique with world building. Yeah, for, for detailing, I think uh, uh, Del Toro has a philosophy with his monsters that you can't imagine a monster resting, that it's a badly designed monster. So in terms of world building as well as character, if I can't, if we can't imagine our world as resting, like what happens when there's no story that's happening in it? What happens to our characters when they're just going to everyday lives? If we can't imagine the details that happen when we're not looking at them, then they're not really filled in or they're not really detailed. It doesn't need to be like, you need to know your character's phone number or whatever, unless it's a plot point where you kind of need to tell the audience the phone number, but it's just, Having the details exist and knowing that they're part of a bigger framework, like uh, like um, coloring just enough of that framework in, so you can uh, 
uh, go back to it or read from it comfortably, that's what makes it uh, very immersive and very livable and very relatable. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that point. I really enjoy making details. Either way, you're you're always engaging with like actual actual people's understanding of history yeah, in the world. Like exactly. the, the most the most like from scratch setting is still made by a person living in history and and to be read by people who understand history. And um, so you're always like playing with the same basic materials. You're just shuffling them more more and more abstractly, I guess. So I I do a ton of research, but not in a way that I would like. I, I don't I don't. Um, 
it's it's less like directed, I, I guess, than if I were doing some period period thing. Mm. Um, whereas I also do a lot of research on like the tone of the story I'm trying to go for. So like I tried to I was currently working on a short like noir ish tone is what I wanted to um, have for a story. So I listened to audiobooks for a bunch of like Dashiell Hammond stuff and mm-hmm. then um, found some like old school radio shows and tried to just immerse myself in that genre so I can capture it and then apply it to the fantasy story I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then for Misfits of Avalon, since it's steeped in King Arthur stuff, I read like nine million different retellings of the King Arthur story mm-hmm. to figure out what's out there. And uh, so I also do like that on top of like world building research and stuff. Sam, you do a lot of like short comics that are kind of like folkloric or mythic retellings. Yeah, so um, I did a recent one. It's an adaptation of this myth called Cactus. It's like the first KFP, so back and fire. Part of the research into folklore and folklore is so moving through that. Also, reading like other myths that are linked to the myth of Cactus. And then also doing some like more historical research on like the outfits they wear and the sorts they use, just so it looks believable um, in that setting. Um, I also I just enjoy a lot of research on um, like medieval era buildings and stuff. Some of my other short comics um, and uh, you know going through going the library basically like looking at a bunch of books on you know, uh, a lot of like settings of like clothing. Um, what about you, girl? You have like, I feel like the world that you have, like in Apopan, is like extremely, um, just very grounded. So, what kind of research are you just mining from, like your own personal history? Or do you yeah, have I don't, um, I don't really do a lot of like, I guess typical research type stuff, um, or any, really. <laughs> um, I don't, uh, I don't really have, like, a lot of rules to either, other than, like, I don't, um, I don't use any kind of, like, pop culture references and, uh, things about anything really from the real world, uh, but I think, like, kind of what you're getting at is that I, uh, I draw from life a lot. Yeah. And, um, I, like when I was working on Popping War, the first one, like many years ago, like over a decade ago now, um, I was living in New York City and I would just go out on the street and just draw buildings mm-hmm. all the time, just like look at the way things looked or even like, you know, draw people in cafes and stuff and like look at the way their clothes, you know, wrinkled up or folded, different things. And uh, I don't know, to me, those are the kind of details that I'm really excited about <laughs> just sort of like uh you know it's like oh this person didn't use photo reference they just either made that up or were looking at something you know because I, I feel like i don't know a lot of artists now comic artists and stuff they'll, there's a lot of uh i guess technology at their disposal where they can you know find anything they want on the internet or a picture of something or like use like sketchup to do like perspective and I just uh, I just appreciate it more. I think when I feel like there's something like, well, that person really like knows what that looks like. Right. like they were like living that thing. Um, so I guess if like 
I don't even know if that counts as reference, but you know, that's like no, definitely the way I the way I, I work, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it kind of gives your world like a full body feel. It's very yeah, it feels very real. Um, I feel like right right now, especially in just like in the not comics per se, but like in fiction, uh, fantasy is kind of going through like a renaissance of like marginalized voices and um, kind of a rise of themes in their stories that have traditionally like maybe not been prominent in like Western fantasy literature. Um, what are some themes that you think that you're working in or like working with um, in your work that is not common or that is kind of like Mm, yeah, I guess not common like a fantasy tradition. Well, I, I I don't know from my own stuff. I know just talk. Sorry, just get this out of the way real quick. But uh, <laughs> I um I really like uh, um I guess stories about I've I've been told by many writers not to write about your anxiety or your neurosis because like no one wants to read about your neurosis. But like <laughs> I kind of want to read about someone's neurosis because like I relate <laughs> to that. Um, so um, I. Uh, I, I say well, there's like something th- thematic uh, to my work. It's mm-hmm. that you know of like people, you know, kind of what what they're thinking about like while they're, you know, doing things. You know, like sort of like pretending to be confident or um, like really like no one knows what they're doing. You know, we're all just kind of like faking it. You know, as best we can, to some degree. Um, so I guess if like there's yeah some kind of like theme in my work. It's like I, w- I want to do like a. I don't know. I want to do like a really good science fiction emo comic, you know, <laughs> <laughs> basically. You know. Um, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. 
there's a there's a tendency that I see in a lot of genre fiction that's about sort of this idea that you're engaging with an actually literal real world mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the way that world building and all is approached tries to like emphasize that fact that the story is just this, the book is this neutral window through which you look at something that's actually real um, and I find that kind of uh, regressive and I'm trying to push against that so that's like my I try to engage more with like mystery and use this genre as a way of articulating like an, an, an unknowable weird space as opposed to a place that is fully intelligible to the reader. Yeah. Uh, and I, I am frustrated how little I see that in, in this um, really incredible resurgence of interest in like pop fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Whereas I was saying like earlier, I didn't see that many like girls that were jerk characters. Yeah. So I wanted to like push against the fact that like girl characters usually have to do role models with their focus of the story, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to just push against that with all my stories. Yeah. So. And you, your genre. I feel like your work also has like kind of comedic like it's very snappy yeah and like I find that a unique kind of take yeah I always always think that if you're going for one tone for too long it kind of loses meaning because there's no contrast so like I could never get into Battlestar Galactica because every time (laughs) every episode was like this is the most serious thing that has ever happened and then the next episode, no, this is the most serious <laughs> thing. And so if there isn't like that comedic break, then like there's no like, well, what is the most serious thing? Yeah. So, and also keeping my story, newer stories like 80 pages or less also forces it to be like a, something smaller. So there are like more breaks because it's usually a tinier conflict. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? I'm Stuff that's on fire. <laughs> 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 like, 
fun shadows and stuff, so. Um, I don't do a ton of like magic, sort of the, the magic part of the genre, but I'm always going to be really into, uh, you know, sort of stereotypical immersive fantasy environments with like castles and epic quests and stuff. I like making huge spaces. Yeah, I like, uh, I like drawing spaceships and guns. Uh, <laughs> I don't like, you know, using guns or anything like that. But um, uh, I think the hardest thing for me is actually lighting. That's a, that's, that's a tough one. And um, um, scale, like creating like a sense of scale for things. It's like, it's like uh, not in an not in um, unfun way. Like it's a good kind of challenge. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's something I deal with like all the time like every day um, I just work through it I just keep make myself work you know and then every you know every once in a great while I have one of those like moments where I'm just like oh yeah this is cool okay this makes sense to me now you know but uh, yeah just uh, making yourself work <laughs> uh, something or like have the sense of a scene that's super clear in my head and I have no idea how to actually like uh, actualize it and usually just like iterate and like write it over and over again or draw it over and over again and it never gets there but like it gets closer. <laughs> yes. Whatever your God looks like. 
And that to me is a character point more than a world building point. If the world building point, then it's not really religion anymore, it's, it's a story. Like, Greek pantheon. Like, when you're making a story about the religion behind whatever gods you're playing with, you're making them characters. So it's like either making it a mythology or making it a personal character trait. And well, it could be that she means like the institution the organized religion. Yeah, but that's still yeah. a story. Yeah. That's still like story and plot and world building and the character how the characters interact with it is a very personal trait to the characters. But if you characterize religion and how you go into that, you're making mythology. So mm-hmm. that to me is the difference on how to define religion in stories. It's either what do I want to say about faith or do I want to see God's mess everything up? Um, I I went pretty deep into that particular uh, angle of world building in in back to the webcomic that I'm doing now, um, which I've been doing for like six years, so it's like developed past what I had in mind when I was doing that development. Um, And there was was a point at which it became less uh, doing all this world building work just in in terms of adding arbitrary details, and it became... um, I know what the thematic point that I'm trying to make with this culture is, so I just sort of emphasize the religion around that. Uh, Vatu is about a bunch of different cultures sort of colliding, and they all have different, pretty uh, well-developed religious um, facets that get explored throughout the book. But I'm, I'm less interested in like all of the details of those religions than I am about the, those religions as sort of parables of the central. Uh, argument that I'm trying to make in the story and the central theme of that culture. That's a little simplistic, but um, that's how I'm trying to refer to world building generally now, is, is less that you're making a real thing with all of the arbitrariness and detail of reality, and more that you're just building a storytelling tool that has a f- that feels real enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and with me it's Basically, again, it depends on the story. So, like, especially when I want to miss it's that one, you really touch on religion. But the thing that I'm developing now, the one about chosen ones, is I need to dive into and figure that stuff out. And I'm probably going to go with the route Evan went for Vatu, where it's how is this impacting the thematic sort of message of the story. The story is always the thing. Yeah, because it's. The story that I'm developing now is supposed to be 30 kids all get the same message that they're the chosen one to save the world. And so it's how they all, inter- how they all interact with that same message. And so religion will come into it, but obviously a kid that's religious will pro- or might be more inclined to like take this as a sign. Great. One more question? Yes? Um, yeah, in science fiction and fantasy, there's been some dialogue online and stuff non-human species, aliens, uh, you know, elves, whatever it might be. And some people seem to think that there could be commentary in terms of, like, different races or ethnicities of humanity, people of color versus, you know, people of non-color, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering, um, what do you guys think about, like, can it be valid to say something that speaks to those kind of things in our realities, uh, even if aliens, you know, people with differences that they're not supposed to So how do you handle non-human species and social commentary that that might relay to a reader? Well, I mean, do you think that 
have some relevant commentary towards, like, say, uh, racial tensions or issues in our world? I'll happily